Welcome back to the School of Calisthenics podcast, playground sessions all the way from Australia, mate. We have Matty Fox, aka Foxy. Um, I, I don't know that is his nickname, but um, it is now. It is now. Um, and yeah, no, Matt Fox has got an amazing um, story. He's a cancer survivor. He's gone from weight training to calisthenics and body weight training and um, is literally changing lives and transforming people's bodies through body weight training. Yeah, his approach is very much around more of a conditioning sort of metabolic component than what we've, we've kind of had in our training for a while. So it's really interesting to get a different perspective. Trains on a regular basis, looking for shorter sessions. So if that's sort of in line with your lifestyle about um, trying to fit training in without having big blocks of time, Matt's got some great tips yeah. and some really interesting ways of, of structuring training. And again, about the philosophy of what body weight training is all about. So sit back and enjoy us is Matt Fox on the playground sessions. So welcome to the School of Calisthenics playground session. We are excited to be joined by Matt Fox today, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Um, he's got his G'day, name. mate. Can we call you Foxy? <laughs> That's Jacko, not Matt. Go for it, guys. <laughs> yeah, we've not got an Australian in to do this one. I've, so, I do many different <laughs> accents. <laughs> so, Matt, welcome to the podcast. We know that you're, you've got your, uh, your little boy um, trying to get to sleep probably at this stage, and that's something we want to touch on later on about how you balance your life with being a father. So um, if anyone hears, any, is any light to get any screaming in the background, or is he, is he settled down for the night now? I know I've, I've uh, escaped from him a bit, so we probably shouldn't hear where I am at the moment, but you never know. <laughs> All right, great. Matt, if you could give yourself um, a bit of an introduction to the, to the listeners, tell them your story. There's some really interesting stuff for this, which we'd love to delve into. So just uh, yeah, give us a bit of background about who you are and, and what you're currently doing and, and how you got to that point. Yeah, well, I am now just turned 31 years of age and I took up calisthenics um, full on probably two years ago where I completely ditched uh, the gym and and lifting weights, opting for yeah, body weight training. Um, I used to play professional tennis, so I travelled around the world for that for probably six to seven years, and I was based in Europe for that for three or four years. Uh, so I came from a sporting background where I got to work with some pretty good trainers, got to play with some of the some of the top guys now who's um, the, in who's practice the and learn from name you played against tennis I no, I've practiced with uh, I've practiced with a few of the few of the top guys I've hit with um Nadal um so that was cool nice. uh, did you get a play yeah not not played against them just <laughs> just just in practice but yeah <laughs> um uh, so yeah, so I came from that, and I'd always, obviously I've always been into fitness with that and and keeping fit. Uh, but I was always uh, at the gym lifting weights too as my only method of training. And after I stopped tennis at uh, about I think it was 22 years of age, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer actually at 21, 22. So that kind of brought me home from Europe. Uh, I had an operation. I had chemotherapy and then I kind of lost the motivation to go back and travel so I just fell into my everyday life I got a job in the family business and kept fit at the same time just with gym um and yeah that that was me for about six years just lifting weight and not really improving much more and I got to a point where I just got sick of it just being in the gym not hitting you know goals stuck at a plateau and I thought I'm going to change it up. My wife was pregnant at the time when I really decided to make the shift and I just thought, you know, this is shit coming home from work. 
Uh, then going to the gym, everyone's at the gym, you know, 5, 5.30 is just packed. You're waiting around fighting for machines, um, doing it for no reason. So I thought, you know, stuff it. I'm going to try something else. Obviously, with my um, sporting background, we'd had to improvise because it wasn't always gyms when we were out traveling. Yeah. Um, so I did have a fair bit of background in, you know, doing stuff without equipment and out weights. But, uh, yeah, I went into it 100%. And basically the results in four months, three months of doing that were more than I'd done in five years at the gym. So I stuck to it. I loved it. gave me freedom. And I'm here now. Nice. Awesome. So, Matt, something that I've seen from um, some of your footage on your on your website and Instagram is that your a lot of your a lot of your calisthenics involves a bit of um, a conditioning element and, and cardio element. Um, have you found that being um, in, have you integrated that into training? Is that something you started doing fairly high intensity type work around bodyweight training from the start? Because we kind of came into it and we just, the first thing that we started doing was going for like the static holes and, and quite specific movement objectives. Um, did you do any of that sort of work or was your kind of focus initially around um, yeah, how you can fit a more high intensity approach in terms of um, yeah, metabolic condition type work? Yeah, well, I think it came down to probably time efficiency for me um, with everything going on, you know, busy lives, uh, new father, uh, getting home to the family and everything. So I didn't have time anymore to, say, split my cardio up with my resistance training. So I just combined the two, and it's often how I train now is, yeah, pretty high intensity. I tend to do a lot of circuits um, where I'm combining three or four exercises in a go and just banging them out with a short rest at the end of that round. Uh, and I just found that, you know, instead of slaving away on the treadmill or going for a jog, um, that the results in, say, half an hour of doing that, it's two birds with one stone. Um, it was just, it was a winner, really. Um, yeah, I had a question, just a question, just going back a second when you're talking about when you made that change. I remember me and Tim watching yep. um, a Frank Madrano video on YouTube, and that sort of uh, gave us a bit of uh, uh, an insight into going, Oh, if we're going to change, yep. like we were going down the same path, like we wanted to do something a bit different rather than than the weights we've done in the past, and then seeing seeing how he moved and what he was doing, it was like I just remember being like, "That is flipping cool!" <laughs> like I fancy trying to do, yeah. like just try. It was almost like just fancy trying to hand it a bit of that. And and as Tim said, we sort of went after. I think the first thing we learned was a back lever, for example, and we were looking at doing specific movements more. But what 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 gave you the when you did make that change, what were some of the key things that appealed to you or, and what sort of made you help or helped you take that step? I mean, was there anyone that you'd, see, think, you'd seen stuff on YouTube? or no, no, no one in particular, but it was it was YouTube stuff. And I think it was just the, um, like you said, some of the cool stuff that <laughs> these guys can do and make it look so easy. But it was more the the fitness and the conditioning of all the calisthenics athletes, it was it's to me like the ideal physique. You know, I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. I want to be able to sprint. I want to be able to jump. I want to be quick and agile. Um, but I want to be strong too. And and they're all and they've all got that great physique where they're lean, they're they're strong, and their their body movement, everything's functional. So I think that was really what I was after, and I was never attaining that from gym. I was getting niggling injuries, and then you know just wasting my time on isolating exercises rather than um, doing the, the calisthenic stuff, which really does almost every exercise works. 
the majority of your body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We like to talk about calisthenics and bodyweight training being like the most natural form of training. Use the body as it is designed to be used. It plays to what your natural genetic profile is like. Um, like we had um, a guy called Chris Saunders on recently, and, and he was. Um, got into bodybuilding but was trying to effectively build a physique which his, his natural body shape wasn't really kind of set up in terms of how much muscle mass he was ultimately going to be able to handle um, and it was obviously it's, it gets to the stage where that's a bit of a fight whereas we found that calisthenics it lets you play to your strengths and being strong pound for pound strength to weight ratio is actually something that anybody can do one of the questions that we get a bit Matt is like oh someone will, will write in and be like oh I'm six foot three I'm six foot four I'm tall can I do calisthenics now if you're a pro tennis player looking at, at your I'm six four yeah six <laughs> four I got that impression that you're probably a pretty big guy have you found that a taller limitation in, in your calisthenics progression or is it just something which um, you've oh, just... I think for sure it um I think gravity has got to play a part to some degree. So things like, yeah, maybe levers and handstands mm -hmm. might be a little bit more difficult for taller guys, just the center of gravity. But, um, apart from that, I don't, don't, you know, it's all equivalent to your body type anyway. So as you said, strength pound for pound, um, it is what it is. So I don't think that's a, an excuse or, or reason to not do it. I've, I've found as well that, um, I had a really bad back injury for, that bothered me for years and years, six years, and ever since changing um, to calisthenics, I have rarely felt a flare-up just due to the, the core strength that you develop that helps helps your body too. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing, again, as I said, we talk about that natural way of training, and actually calisthenics forces you to start to, you don't have any choice but to integrate the full movement system. It's not an isolation of going and do a lap pull-down, sat down on a machine to get lat strength. Like, if you're doing pull-ups properly, if you're doing progressions around any pulling, pushing exercises, you have to integrate that midsection, and, and if you've got an awareness of, of what the best way to move is or posturally the right way to move is, then everything gets worked together. And it's amazing how I think how um, those little sort of niggles can... Um, can disappear. Have you found anything, Matt, when you started to transition to calisthenics? Like we've we've kind of discovered a little bit over the years of if we're not careful, it's quite easy to overtrain wrists, elbows, shoulders. Um, I guess from your background in tennis, did, did you have any sort of um, issues coming into calisthenics, particularly on the shoulder? Because that, if you, I guess your your shoulders, shoulders for sure, yeah. yeah that right side, you right yeah. your right hand against the amount of like overload that you do in tennis of asymmetrical movements. Um, may have been a bit of a struggle I would imagine when you when you started getting into calisthenics yeah I found um I think it was mainly due to me trying to rush the process and jump into things and um do do some exercises that I probably wasn't up to technically yet that I had a bit of problems with my it was my left shoulder and um that occasionally niggles sometimes but that's only due to me probably trying to bite off a bit more than I can chew on some things so apart from that, like I said, my body's never felt better and my fitness levels probably hasn't been as good as it is now. And yeah, I, I don't go to the gym. I don't use, you know, I don't lift weights or anything. So I can't really say a bad thing about it. Yeah, no, but that's, we're, we're in exactly the same same spot. People that have listened to us before have, have known about our previous, we used to play rugby and our previous shoulder injuries between us were were, were fairly large and, and left an imprint on the uh, 
on the body. Um, and the thing that just touched you on there that, he, that, that both you and Tim said that if you, the great thing about calisthenics, I've, one of the things that I really like about it is A, it's humbling because sometimes, like you said, you, you try and do something that you think you should be able to do and actually there's, there's, there'll be a reason why, not always strength, it might be something to do with your movement pattern or your flexibility, but it then if you're trying to learn to do something with calisthenics, if you don't correct your body, whether it's like your core and your midsection has been giving you back issues, as an example, or something around your shoulder isn't right, um, until you actually address that problem and sort that out, then the th- some of the things that you're trying to do and achieve, you won't be able to do them rather than with... Um, with, say you were, you were doing weights and you were doing an exercise where actually I'm not, I can't, I can't do this right and my body will then just automatically compensate, find the easiest way yeah. to do it. Um, yeah. And you have the option and then you end just, up getting injured. yeah, ch- changing the weight, like just picking up, do, I can do this terrible shoulder press, uh, but I'm going to just do it with a lighter weight because then I can actually do it, but I'm still doing it incorrectly. Whereas with calisthenics, yeah. if you're trying to do a handstand, there's pressure, no hiding. Yeah, there's no hiding. If you're trying yeah. to do a handstand push-up and you can't keep your midsection in the right position, you can't keep your shoulder in the right position, your technique's wrong, uh, you're not going to be able to do it. It doesn't matter whether yeah. whether you keep trying or not. So you have to sort out some of those issues, which for me has been massively um, humbling because there's certain. I'm, I think I'm probably, or we might share some similarities in that, in that I'll try, particularly like you say at the beginning, you try sometimes to go for the... Um, some hard things that actually realize hold on i need to go back a few steps before um yeah. before i can do it so it is humbling particularly you know if you've you've played professional tennis um i used to play professional rugby you come at these things i remember the first time i tried to do a frog stand in the gym with tim i just fell straight on my face um because literally <laughs> when we started we had no um no experience and i love talking i love like talking to people like yourself that have had no experience um previously but yes you've got a training background um to to actually get into it and because there's a lot of people that because they haven't got any experience they feel like oh how do i actually get started how can i can i actually do this we, we question ourselves too much rather than actually getting started and, and actually giving it a go and then the other thing yeah. is then the result of it you saying like how uh, how you feel now compared to previously um i think people would find that quite um surprising to say oh crikey what you didn't feel like you were fitter and better when you were playing professional tennis actually just what you're doing now body weight wise is actually making you feel better what's the longevity of that um that you know that's amazing um and so probably moving on my question would moves on nicely then to actually how do you how do you fit that how do you fit your training now into your sort of life and your busy schedule and you know wife and kids um compared to I guess when you're a professional athlete you have all the time in the world to um to train so how yeah, does that exactly. look now for you well yeah as you said when I was um playing tennis that was that was my life and I didn't have a wife but, um that's all I do which was which was fun but now there's other other responsibilities and that was you know one of the things about leaving the gym was you burn up so much time getting to the gym and then waiting around so I wanted to get outdoors or I wanted to be able to work out at home while the family's uh, in the living room. I'm out in the backyard and we can still kind of hang out. And and that's how I integrated, I guess, the high-intensity training. So I'm getting my cardio and I'm getting the resistance stuff in. And I just 
yeah, I mean, 30, 40 minutes, I can do it when I get home from work. I'm doing it on my lunch break sometimes. I'm doing it first thing in the morning. It's just flexible because you don't need anything other than yourself. Yeah. So, that, yeah. And what, how many sessions a week do you, do you do? Have you got a structure around what your training week looks like? Is it a, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or, or is it fitting it in as and when? How do you go about um, just yeah, getting your workouts in? And roughly I do six days a week. Yeah. I do six days a week. Um, I, I have a full day off um, normally on a Friday and uh, I just try and do a bit of stretching more on that day. But otherwise, yeah, I do one a session in the morning normally, but as I said, it's pretty pretty flexible. Uh, if I can't do it in the morning, then, yeah, I'll just do something around lunchtime or, or even in the evening at home. Mm. And, and how do you split your workouts? Do you have a particular focus on the on days of the week or are they all fairly similar sort of is it always like a bit of a total body includes some running um, pulling pushing work all in the same session or do you break that down and split it up I do split it up but unlike when I was you know back in the gym days and just doing a chest day or a back day I'm always mixing something in so if I'm focusing say more on back one day that I'll still I'll still put in core work uh, or some some type of cardio while while I'm resting, I guess you could say, so giving that muscle group a rest, but then I might still um, do some hanging hanging knee raises or something between that or some high knees, you know, running on the spot to keep the heart rate up, mm. and that, that saves the time. And then I'm, my workouts are only, in saying that I do train six days a week, my workouts are only 40 minutes max yeah. in, nice. in duration too, so it's, it's not that long. Yeah, yeah. I think for some people as well, they cut they they see they they might see you and check your stuff out and be like, oh cracky, I bet he, I bet his sessions are like two three hours long. Um, so what does um, so like, my favorite question would be right here is, is how many days how many times a day do you? Train? <laughs> I'm like cracky, like one if I'm lucky. <laughs> like, the idea of doing double sessions in a day is like completely for me entirely unrealistic at this stage. Um, yeah, if I get if I get lucky, I'd I'd do a double session just because I love it, though, not because <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do um, what does your in terms of location wise, your training now? Then you know you say you just need you just need yourself. Does that do you do stuff? I don't know how close the beaches to you down in. I've seen some of your videos. Um, I don't know if you if you film them at the location that you train, but you've got some great calisthenics bodyweight parks. I've seen you training mm. on. That's yeah, I train there a bit. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, five minutes from my place, right on the beach. That one is. Um, yeah. So, have you so got, yeah, I try to get down there. And then, have you got anything? Yeah. So, any other stuff like that, or have you? Do you have any? Have you got a bit of a setup at home? Where have you got like? Yeah, I've built um, I've built a pull-up bar in the backyard. Nice. Um, which you might have seen on on the Instagram yeah, yeah. Uh, that I use a bit, and I've got um, just some parallettes and push-up handles. That's, that's, it. that's me. So, how much do you reckon you spent on your total home setup? How much? Yeah, how much do you reckon you've spent on you on those things? I think I got. The, I think I got the parallel. I borrowed the parallels off a mate, and I've never given them back. So that doesn't cost <laughs> me anything. Borrowed. You can have them back. Um, when you're finished with. <laughs> if he listens to this, he'll remember that I've got them. Um, and then uh, the push-up handles, I think, were ten dollars from eBay, and then uh, the pull-up bar probably cost me about. Sixty, seventy dollars yeah, with okay. everything. And then, how much was your um, how much was your gym membership before a month? Well, yeah, it was about I guess seventy dollars a month. I paid <laughs> yeah. pretty much pretty much everything in a month. 
that that is that is calisthenics and bodyweight training in a nutshell for anyone that's interested in yeah, the financials yeah. <laughs> yeah. well my setup's the same I, mean, I wish I could train outdoors more but the, the weather just doesn't permit it for 10 months of the year um, so I've got the similar setup I've got a pull up bar inside my uh, office space I've got at home I've got a set of rings and some parallettes and I'm, I'm good to go we, we still use the gym because often we're there we're training athletes and stuff but it's um, when we're in the gym we're just using the bars that are there but it's it's almost a meeting space yeah. for us it's indoors where we can go and train together whereas for you that I guess would yeah. be at the at the beach which I'm entirely oh, jealous of like, <laughs> so not, not at the moment I, the weather's disgusting now so. oh, really what is it only 25 degrees <laughs> No, it's about 14 degrees and rain. So oh, 40, Summer, 14. <laughs> yeah, this time of the year is not too nice. We'd have our shirts off at 14 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what in Australia, Matt, what's the calisthenics community like where you train? If you, is there a lot of people sort of, is it, is it a popular form of exercise? Is it growing or has it been around no, for a long time? I think it's growing, uh, but I still think, and I, I'm sure you guys will probably agree, the, I'm 31, so there's, stigma of bodyweight training getting your results with young men I would yeah. say is is that you can't get results yeah. if you don't lift weight yeah. I mean I was the same all, all my friends are the same they still go to the gym and um, and stuff like that and I, I guess they think it's the only way because they're still there mm-hmm. but um, yeah I think it is getting more popular probably due to social media and YouTube and, and guys getting seen and people looking at them like I was looking at people and saying, wow, look at him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's as popular as it probably should be in terms of what it can get you. Yeah, I'm surprised with, um, really surprised with Australia because one of the great one of the great things about it is it, it can get you outside. So take away whether the financials of going to the gym and take away all those other things and just go, like, it lets you train outside in the sun and you get heaps of, like, we don't have much of that in the UK, but when it is sunny, yeah. we're buzzing to, like, then train outside. And so, because yeah, exactly. yeah. you've got that environment on your side, I am surprised it's not as big, but I'm, yeah, I'm sure it will just, happen. It's so, just a matter of time. And, yeah, I think it's just the gym culture and everything that's yeah. drilled, into, drilled into you at a young age. You know, when you think of fitness, you automatically think of, people lifting weights and pushing weights. Yeah. Well, we, um, I mean, I'm 36 on Monday. Tim's, how old are you, Tim? 40? <laughs> Thanks, Dave. 37, 37. currently. Yeah. And, you know, yourself, Matt, 31. I think it's, and we, you you described exactly what we've been through. Played lots of sport before. The gym as part of sport. Finish playing sport. Carry on doing gym. And then just get a bit bored of that and think of, you know, there must be a bit more exciting, different way to train, and also, like you say, the results and how you feel off the back of it. I think that a lot of people almost need to go through that process to then get to. Um, not, not not necessarily that's the only entry in, but we see a lot of that. You know, a lot of people that come to our workshops and engage with us, we get a whole spectrum from sixteen-year-old all the way up to we've got a seventy-year-old um, and everything in between. Uh, but there is a lot. There is a core of people that have gone. You know what? Life is a bit busy now. I'm I'm, I'm thirty odd. Or getting and and one the longevity of like you'd said right at the beginning. Actually, I want to be fit. I want to be able to move well. I want to be able to run. I want to be able to manage my own body weight. But at the same time, I've got a family now, and I can't go to the gym. My time restrictions and all those different things, and going and actually going. You know what? Yeah, it's just boredom too. Yeah, and, and going, lifting gym. weights to be massive yeah. 
isn't actually that important to me anymore. Like when you're 18, you want a big biceps to fill your t-shirt when you go on a night out. That's yeah. what it used to be. And you, I guess it's, there's an evolutionary process of not worrying about that so much. Um, or that's what we yeah. feel anyway. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's just the fact of staring at the same walls mm. uh, in the same building, you know, seeing the same people, listening to the same music on the, the equipment gets a bit, a bit tiring too and the motivation just dies from there I think yeah. it's interesting you know, just going back to the bit about um, the culture of calisthenics and, and the, the culture of sport in um, in, in, in Australia and I, I recognise that I may have lived in a small bubble in, in Australia but I was in Manly for about well just over a year um, North Shore of Sydney spot. for yeah beautiful spot I was working as a diving instructor so I was literally living the dream um, <laughs> yeah. apart from when the wrong to scuba? apart from when the wind blew in the wrong so direction you're, you you're not living the dream anymore no mate well yeah I mean, a different way but if I was doing <laughs> this on the beach then I'd be living the dream so but doing now looking yeah. at the window at a pissing rain in Nottingham is why a, didn't we do school of scuba diving that would be brilliant it's an idea I've had <laughs> but yeah there were the times when the, when the wind blew in the wrong direction we got dirty water and I was literally finding myself at 30 metres in the Sydney Harbour and not being able to see my hand in front of my face and then it wasn't the dream. <laughs> but I'm surprised that like when we would get up sometimes for dives at five o'clock in the morning and there'd be surfers in the water from sun up till sunset. Um, and I'm, I was always, like, looking back at it now, I'm surprised that with that culture and it was, like it was so busy on the beach, people out walking, that the calisthenics and outdoor training just wasn't, uh, isn't bigger um, because I would look at surfing from a like, training perspective and go, well, calisthenics is, is a great um, it's a great supporting strength-based workout, but I guess it's still like we see it in running in some sports in the UK where it, people get quite purist about it. They run, and is that is that similar in surfing? Do, do surfers recognise the need for other types of training, or do they literally it is the the love for the for the for being in the water and, and everything else? They get all that they need from that because you surf as well, don't you? As I understand, uh, I'm learning. I'm in the process. <laughs> I'm not great. I won't lie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Great. So one thing, um, Matt, that we, we talk a lot about is uh, the impossible box and the place in your brain where you put stuff which you, you don't think you can do. And I think what we've learned over, over the years we've been in calisthenics is that becomes a, it's, it's still a place there, but it's not a, we don't see things being there as a permanent fixture anymore. There's things that I can't do, like a single arm pull up, um, but it doesn't, I know that if I put some time into it, I could move it out of the impossible box, but it's currently sat there temporarily. Is there anything that you're working on or you want to work on in the future that you can't currently do that you kind of looks like a little bit of a scary, sort of a, a bit of an audacious, goal that you want to work towards that you, you, you haven't currently got nailed down? Yeah, I haven't probably even really started working on it. Just, mm. I don't know why, but it would be the human flag, I'd say. Yeah. And, oh, um, we'll help you redefine the <laughs> impossible of that. No problem. We need, we need a six foot four tall yes. <laughs> to do a human flag. Because yeah. someone says, am I too tall to do calisthenics? We go, no, here's Matt Fox. Yeah. He's six foot four. Well, remember that my namesake, Dave, they were, we trained a guy with exactly the same name as me right at the very mm. beginning. We got it on YouTube. He must have been six, He learned six, human flag. Yeah, he's flipping tall. He's got to be mm. six three, maybe. Um, he learned the human mm. flag in seven weeks. Yeah. Um, with us so uh, I think for someone like yourself with your training background it's just a literary matter of teaching yourself the movement pattern the strength will be there yeah, yeah I, I think that's what yeah, uh, it, yeah it is that for sure but I mean it's, I've only got my myself to blame because I don't think I've 
ever really put more than a minute or two into it, to <laughs> yeah. be honest. Yeah, it might take more. Yeah. I mean, we, we taught Sam Holdham in 10 minutes, but he's, a, he's a, an Olympic gymnast. Yeah, but, I, like, um... I like it when people say to us, I've been learning handstand for two weeks, can't do it yet. And I'm like, right, you've, you've got another five months and it's like... Exactly. Yeah. To crack on with that one. Well, uh, I reckon I reckon I'll hook up uh, Instagram Live with you, and I'll um, teach. Uh, I'll teach. Uh, we'll we'll do a session. Mm, um, that's a good show. Showing you some showing you some stuff. Um, just get you. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Quick one then, Matt. Just the last question we've got, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, have you got any tips for people on how you balance life and training and, and families? Because we, we know a lot of people have got a lot of stuff on these days. Um, and I've been through the similar sort of journey to you over the last 18 months or so. Um, have, you, have you got any, anything you could give for people takeaways in terms of how you found to put a strategy in place which helps you to get done what you want to do and also make sure you, your marriage doesn't break down and you, father, <laughs> you get to father your child? <laughs> I think it is... Um just feeling like you don't need to be training for, you know, an hour, an hour and a half every day mm. um, to progress. I think if you can find time to do 30 minutes and four or five times a week doing the right type of training where you're working um, your full body, you know, cal- which calisthenics does the body weight training and keeping it pretty high intensity that you're going to get the results and you don't need a lot of time to do it. Even if you break it up some days, you know, I might only have 15 minutes um, if we're if we're traveling somewhere and we're doing something with the family or whatever, so I'll get 15 minutes in the morning and I'll get another 15, 20 minutes in at night. You don't have to feel like you, you know it needs to be one session, and that all comes down to you're not needing equipment, you're not needing to really go to a venue. You can do it in your hotel room, you can do it at home in the in your living room in your backyard. So you can break it up. Yeah. You don't need to have that 60 minutes of time dedicated. Yeah. If you can't fit in a 60 minute chunk, you know everyone has a lunch break if they're at work, so. Do it, do it in the office, do it outdoors, depending on the weather. There isn't an excuse, really. If you want to do it, you do it. Yeah, I think you're dead right on that. I think that's something that I don't do enough of is actually going, like, I want to train, but actually I could carve out 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. And I've talked about it before. Sometimes just going back to basics, if we're just going to knock out a set of pull-ups, some dips and some push-ups, and it's going to take me 20 minutes. Um, but sometimes exactly, I look yeah. at a session and go, I've got all this stuff that I need to do this week. Um so like I can easily spend an hour and a half in the gym and, and be having a nice time, but it's difficult sometimes to carve that out. Whereas just knocking out a real yeah. short, sharp session. And like you say, you can still progress without feeling like you've got to do huge amounts of time um, in every session. So that's a great takeaway. And then that gives you obviously more time in the day to then go and spend time doing business, family, friends, keeping some balance in your life rather than just being about training all the time. So I think that's a great takeaway. Yeah. Awesome. Um, thank you, Matt, um, so much for for being a guest on uh, on the podcast. If the people have hopefully have enjoyed enjoyed it, um, and we'd love to be able to um, just if you just sign post where you would um, where people can find you, like on your Instagram and um, and your website, and we can put those. We'll put those links in the descriptions. But just where yeah, where where where's the best place for people to find you? Yeah, cool. Well, uh, Instagram, which is at Maddie C. Fox, M-A-T-T-Y-C-F-O-X. And then my website is bodyweightbuilt.com. Great. We'll put those, yeah. Awesome. We'll put those links um, in the description um, so people can find those nice and easily. And then just finally, whether... um, Oh, I've got a YouTube channel too. I always forget that one. (laughs) Okay, yeah, definitely. We'll we'll put those links in in the show notes. 
So guys, thanks so much for listening. We hope that you've enjoyed the conversation we have had with Matt. Uh, we certainly have loads of interesting things there to take away. So our, our wrap up is to think about how you're going to implement some of this stuff into your training week. So until next time, class dismissed. We hope you've enjoyed this week's uh, School of Car Science podcast playground session. If you have enjoyed it, and we would really appreciate it if you would head over to iTunes or whatever platform you're enjoying this on and give us a five-star review. We realise there is one to four, but really it's only about the five stars. Mm -hmm. And that helps people to find us and we get to share this information with others. We hopefully can help them to redefine their impossible. Yeah, it's totally not about just trying to help our build us some confidence. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're not at all insecure. So until next week, class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>